0: All right, let's start by introducing our audience to yourself as well as to the company, Jeff. So let's talk about you, your background, and Epic River to start with.
1: Yeah, that sounds great. So my name is Jeff Grabowski, and uh, I'm the founder and CEO of Epic River. Uh, We're a Colorado-based fintech company, and we uh, focus on enabling community banks to stay relevant in uh, today's increasingly high-speed world. Um, We created Epic River because it seemed like most fintech companies are trying to replace community banks, not necessarily uh, help them succeed. And uh, we found that there's a a real value if you focus on uh, what community banks and credit unions provide for uh, healthcare providers and small businesses in the communities in which they all live and work. Um, community banks are truly an amazing source of information and connection um, and cost savings, uh, but they need the right tools and uh, a better user experience to uh, entice today's uh, increasingly fickle online uh, consumers. And so, uh, I, me personally, I uh, grew up in the northeast of the U.S., and uh, went to school in Pennsylvania, and then uh, spent 10 years in the D.C. metro area um, working for a couple of large fintechs and then uh, my first startup. And so it was in that time that I really uh, gained an appreciation for large versus small company and the balance of technology and regulation, which those of us in the fintech space are very, very well versed in. Um, and it was really it really hit my stride when I started spending time in and among the market and learning where you could apply technology to improve processes and that's that 's really what we do at epic river we uh, We took one of the one of the processes that we really cared the most about, which was online lending. And at the time that we started, it it really was a difficult task to accomplish, but we wanted it to be uh, something that a community bank could look just like uh, every other online fintech lender and not require people to uh, come into their branches.
0: Do you have background in community banks?
1: I do. I do. So um, one of the large companies I worked at um, was uh, EDS, Electronic Data Systems. Uh, Yeah. And I worked on their core system. And so the way that EDS did it is they would have us go and work in a community bank to see what it looked like. So I've worked the teller line and I've worked in the back office. Back then it was all about, um, you know, reviewing checks and comparing signatures. And so, yeah, I've done, I've done all of that stuff. And it was uh, it was very interesting to uh, to sit in those seats, uh, albeit a very short period of time.
0: So the reason I ask that question is, you know, typically when we do these interviews, usually the, you know, people have domain knowledge based on which they've come up with identified problems and come up with solutions. So uh, it's, you know, it's always interesting to, for me to see what uh, perspectives actually bring interesting, um, you know, insights.
1: Yeah, and, and it was really interesting for me to sit and see and get to know the people who did those jobs and hear how much they cared about their customers, because to them it wasn't just a customer somewhere and some revenue point. It was a person they knew. You know, maybe their kids played on the same sports teams, and um, and it was a business that they frequented. So the, the, the deep level of connection between community banks and the small businesses and healthcare providers around them was truly remarkable.
0: So let's now uh, double-click down into what are the gaps in the community banks' capabilities where you are um, you know, inserting yourself to, to bring solutions?
1: So the, the first big one is um, is just user experience. There are a lot of online lenders, and uh, and the, the big banks provide a really nice user experience online for if you want to get a loan or you're a business that needs a line of credit. But a lot of those things come at a higher cost. And you might be able to save money working with your community bank, but especially today during the uh, the, the COVID pandemic that we're in the middle of, People aren't looking to go walk into a community bank branch. Right. We need to elevate a community bank or credit union's online presence and the user experience of applying, providing information, and closing a loan online versus going to um, a marketplace lender or a non-bank lender who might have a better user experience but ultimately will cost a lot more in fees mm-hmm. and interest.
0: Interesting. And um, how many community banks are in your customer base?
1: We've got a little bit over a thousand community banks now, and uh, we're integrated into over about 40 bank systems. So we're we're able to speed the time to close uh, without increasing the cost to close.
0: Okay. Um, And talk about how long have you been doing this, by the way?
1: Yeah, so we've, uh, we're kind of a second-time startup. So, um, so we started right before the, uh, the last recession. And so it was a truly terrible time to be a fintech startup right before the bottom kind of fell out in the mortgage crisis of 2008 and 2009. So uh, we had a little bit of a false start at that point. We, um, we got out, got into about 100 banks. But then you know, it was a really tough time to be, uh, to be working with banks. But one of the interesting things that came out of that was one of our banks really wanted to help out the healthcare uh, providers in their community. Uh And so while then, and still now, there's a ton of talk about, um, you know, at the federal level about fixing healthcare, every day more and more people are ending up with bills that they simply can't afford. So we worked with one of our bank customers to create a, a new portion of our platform to allow people of any credit profile to qualify for a patient loan at a very low interest and to avoid high interest credit card bills, collections, or even medical bankruptcy.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So, so that, that thinking of a community bank providing affordable loans to their Community consumers, I guess, is the way to put it. Is that part of what you are bringing to a larger portfolio of community banks now?
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. So when we go and talk to our banks, we, we tell them, hey, we've added this ability for you to help your healthcare providers. You know, and with our, our loans, they're patient directed, they're automatically approved they're low cost, and they significantly reduce the default rate for patients and healthcare providers, every community bank we talk to jumps at that concept. Whereas the larger banks are making uh, a lot of money on the interest on credit cards. And so to them, it doesn't sound as much like a solution. It sounds like more of, uh, of taking money out of uh, out of one of their more successful lines. And so that's where community banks have a slightly different approach than, than larger
0: uh, multinationals. Very interesting. Very, very interesting. And um, what are the trends, like in the, in the community banks where you have already implemented this and have been you know, up and running for a little while? Um, how, many, how many of those would you have uh, that, are, that have been doing this for a little while so that you can actually look at some data from those?
1: Yeah, it's, it's really interesting. So what we see is um, a couple of trends that we didn't expect. Um, one was uh, we have a lot of people who, who take use of the platform that are on fixed income. Um, so elderly people who, um, who maybe you know, have, have fixed income for any number of reasons, but they've ended up with a high deductible health plan. Uh-huh. And so those folks want to pay their bill, But they may just not have access to, you know, a few thousand dollars. Now some uh, annual deductibles are up around ten thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. And so they just don't don't have
1: the cash. Right, right. And the healthcare providers on their side, you know, they, they need to be paid and the way that the deductible works is they don't get anything from insurance until they collect the deductible. So um so that that trend is really driving more and more people want to find a way to effectively finance their health care deductibles and credit cards high interest and uh, um, daily compounding interest makes it a very difficult proposition for paying a bill that you're already kind of at your monthly limit to be able to pay.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Very, very, very relevant. It's very important solution that you're uh, providing. So, um, now, you didn't answer my question. How many banks are already kind of far enough along to see data right now?
1: Mm. So we've only got about 50 banks that are far enough along to see uh, year-over-year data. Um, okay. most, we have a lot of customers who've signed up recently, especially with you know, the Paycheck Protection Act and banks having to close their branches um, yeah. has caused a lot of banks to want to take use of our solutions now. But um, of the banks that we have uh, that we can see two and four years of, of data on, we're seeing very low default rates. Um, so even though we don't perform any credit verification on the borrower, our mm-hmm. default rates are still under ten percent. And when we get people to sign up for auto pay um, or direct deposit of those uh, for those loans, our default rate is under two percent.
0: Wow. And how much, uh, you know, how many consumers are availing of this facility through community banks?
1: Thousands, thousands and thousands. So, um, at last check, there was there was a little over a hundred thousand people who have uh, who have taken care, taken use of this, yeah. and it's been remarkable. So, uh, so we continue to. Add additional uh, additional borrowers on every every day, and, uh, and the healthcare providers and the healthcare situation of the last eight months has been very tricky uh, because you have a lot of people who are ending up with uh, with bills for the COVID treatment um, that they got, and while healthcare uh, healthcare insurance is paying for a lot of that there is still some patient portion that's being left. For example, if you need an ambulance ride um, for your because you're in such a bad spot for, with COVID, that part is not covered by insurance premiums. So um, that's there's still a lot of out-of-pocket that patients are being surprised with.
0: Hmm. So, you know, as I'm listening to you, what strikes me as probably the situation is that there isn't much awareness in consumers that they can actually do this, that such a facility exists in community banks probably and credit unions. It's probably that awareness doesn't exist.
1: Yeah, and we're trying to drive that awareness through the healthcare providers um, because we want we don't want the healthcare providers to just have to call people and say, you know, cash check or credit card. We want them to introduce this option because it's better for everyone. Healthcare provider gets gets paid, gets the cash so they can continue operations, and the patient gets to sign up and pick their own payment plan and make sure it'll fit in their monthly cash flow.
0: Is there any healthcare provider that has come on board as a partner for you? Um,
1: we have uh, we have quite a few. Um, one here in Colorado, uh, UC Health is a is a very large healthcare provider here, affiliated with University of Colorado. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've been doing an amazing job of educating their consumers.
0: Great. Well, I wish you all success. It sounds wonderful uh, what you're doing. And I think, uh, you know, as you, because I'm I'm deeply concerned about what's happening in the, you know, lower rungs of the economic pyramid right now. People are in dire straits and this is going to take many years for things to stabilize and get better. So every possible way that you can help People in those conditions are very, very welcome.
1: Yeah, and especially when you combine it again, financial with healthcare, it's something yeah. that people need. And, they uh, need, and
0: absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. And, the, right. and the deductibles are so high for normal people. Oh. I think this is really, really on- yeah. onerous. And they,
1: and they sign up for those deductibles because they don't have the money to pay higher premiums. And so the concept that you sign up for a higher deductible to lower your monthly premiums, but then if your deductible hits, you're going to have that money, um, is very unrealistic.
0: Yeah. So um, switching gears, um, you've been in this industry for a while. You've been doing this for a while. What are some problems that you observe from your vantage point that you have, you're not working on solving these problems, but the problems you've noticed and, and you think that new entrepreneurs should attack those problems?
1: So the, the one that, uh, that I keep seeing and I, I keep waiting for it is I would love to see a fintech startup that takes and sets its sights on the health insurance concept and creates a competitor, not a new insurance company, but a completely different concept of health insurance and it just, it, health insurance has been the same for decades now. And every time that happens, it just feels ripe for disruption. I just think if someone could figure out a different way to make the math work and build it from the ground up for healthcare providers to be fast and automated and, uh, and efficient, I think there'd be a vast amount of savings on the healthcare provider side And I think you could create a model that only costs you money when you need it versus needing everybody to pay in in order for the model to work. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, it makes sense. Um, It makes sense. But, you know, I I will say this, that when something like that, that's a fundamental reengineering of the insurance industry, health insurance industry. Uh, when when something like that has not been done i always want to ask the question i mean i put put, a, put on a you know investor hat on and i ask the question why hasn't this been done yet what am i missing you know obviously i'm not a domain expert in this domain at all so i don't know what i'm missing but i would ask that question if somebody pitched me that idea
1: yeah yeah i you know it's um it's an interesting question i i i do i, I always feel like when there's there's been something that Everybody seems to not um, not be a fan of, but it continues on. Uh, it does leave me to, to wonder the same thing: what you know, what is the invisible hand um, that is keeping that from happening? I think part of it is that it's the way it's been for a really long time, and you need some sort of seismic shift. In the in the second half, is the health insurance market has done an exceptional job of capturing data and utilizing it and so they have a big lead where they have they have a tremendous amount of data to make decisions off of and it creates a pretty tough barrier for entry yes but in our in our world now with telehealth and with all the different components that are available to us surgery centers that are wildly more efficient at uh, performing surgical procedures than hospitals are. It just feels to me that somebody should be able to put together a model that is a Uh pay-as-you-go versus a buy-in in-case-you-need-it model.
0: Uh Well, all right. Um, Jeff, what is your email address?
1: Um, It's uh, J-G-R-O Mm B-A-S-K-I at EpicRiver.com.
0: Okay. Terrific. So, um, wonderful conversation. I uh, look forward to publishing the interview. And um, if we need anything else, Sheldon will be in touch with you.
1: Great. It was great talking with you.
0: Same here. Bye-bye.